We really, really did. Um, I don't know if he'll share the story, but we were at a conference and got, we were, pastors were going on to, a, to another pastor's house, and we got an elevator with me and Melanie and, and Stacy and Jay, and um, I don't know, I guess pastors just look alike, because we, we looked lost, and they knew where they were going, and in uh, about three fours of elevators, Pastor Jay said, hey, do y'all want to ride with us? And so we ignorantly said yes, and we got in the back of their Suburban and took off driving, and and I think at the same time, I realized I just got in the back of a Suburban with a total stranger, and he realized driving in the front that he just took a total stranger's in their, in their Suburban, and, uh, but God used that kind of weird, awkward meeting to, uh, to kind of knit our hearts together, and, and uh, at that point in my life, in my life as a pastor, I was really looking for um, somebody to not only be an authority, but somebody I could... I could follow in life and go to when I had issues or problems, either personally or with the church. And uh, so they, uh, Jay and Stacy, have been really good to us. Um, they're good to our girls as well. And you need to know that an overseer's position, they oversee me, but they're also here so that if something happens to me, they love you too. And they care about you and they want the church to keep going and the ministry and what God's doing here in, in Sylvania. Um, and they're way over in Louisiana. Um, actually, if you just look due east, they just, they're that way. So they're on the, about the same plane as we are. Um, he doesn't talk funny, so um, he's not, he doesn't have that Cajun, but uh, he, if, I think he fits in really well. So if you guys would, if y'all stand one more time and uh, give a big round of applause and welcome Pastor Jay Coleman. All right, so good to be with y'all this morning. Hey, how about a good hand clap for you pastors? They, he is right. We, we actually met in an elevator, and my wife told me later, she said, I can't believe you did that. Like, we're literally going down, and we're chatting, and I said, yeah, just ride with us. And uh, they piled up in the vehicle with us, and my wife told me later, she said, I can't believe you did that. What if they're serial killers? And I said, well, how do they know we're not serial killers, you know? But uh, beginning of a great friendship, great relationship, and we're blessed to have them as friends. They, they minister to us as well. And I'll I tell you, every time we spend time on the phone, every time we come up here, let me tell you what Clinton and Melanie talk about. They talk about y'all. They talk about how much they love y'all and love this community and uh, the things that are happening here at Believer's Church. They talk about the stories that are happening in y'all's lives. Uh, they genuinely love y'all, and I think that they are tremendous pastors. And so we wanted to do something this morning uh, just to bless them. I know Melanie is in Children's Church this morning. That is the heart of a, a serving pastor. Uh, but this morning, I don't know if y'all realize this or not, uh, it, it's Pastors Appreciation Month, and Stacy and I just wanted to honor and bless your pastors. So Clint, stand up. And Stacy, we brought a gift for you guys, and I want to do this. Clint, come up here. If you guys, oh, we, okay, I forgot about that. I like to walk around a lot whenever I speak. So, so y'all extend your hands towards your pastor, and we're just going to pray over him this morning. Father, we love you. You're so good to us, and we just thank you for this dear couple, this family, Lord, that are giving their lives to build your kingdom. And Father, we just speak blessings and favor over them, Lord. I thank you for the vision that you have planted within their heart for this church, for this community, Lord God. And I thank you that as, uh, they bring life to this community, Father, by bringing your word, Father, by bringing the light of Christ into people's lives. And I thank you for continuing to refresh them 
and build them day in and day out, Father. And I just praise you for who they are within our lives and within this church and this community as well. We give you praise in Jesus' name. What's everybody say together? Amen. Amen. All right. So go ahead and give them one more good hand clap. Clint, we brought you guys a gift all the way from Louisiana. And uh, it's, it's, got, it's not moving. There's no crawfish in there. But uh, thank you for letting us come in today, my friend. All right. I just wanted to greet you this morning. Um, it's so good to be here in your house and to be um, in Georgia. Um, we've been traveling a lot this week, and uh, I just love the opportunities that we have to be able to, to go out and to, to minister um, elsewhere. Um, I just want to just encourage you, you know, because it is Pastor's Appreciation Month, not, not only should it, should it be this month, it should be all year round, but I just want to encourage you to continue to pray for your pastors and to lift them up. You know, um, as pastors and as pastors' wives, we wear a lot of different hats. As you notice, Melanie is not in here this morning because she's helping with Kids Church. And so sometimes we're just needed to be in, in different places, and, and the Lord gives us the grace for that. And so I just want to encourage you to be an encouragement um, to your pastors, you know, all, all year round. And we just love your, your pastors and their, their girls. We had the best time. Uh, we celebrated Emma's birthday yesterday and uh, went bowling. And I made the mistake of saying how good I was at bowling. And the first time I bowled, I got nothing, you know. It was like zero, gutter ball, gutter ball. And I, I, did, I did eventually um, get a little bit better at it, but, uh, but we had just a wonderful time uh, celebrating with them. And I want to tell you, too, the other thing that I love about um, the young lady who, who made the announcement, she said, you know, we're doing these outreaches to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And I want to tell you one of the things that I love about your church, and Melanie and I have discussed this often, is your Project 216. Is that right? Project 216, where you're feeding um, the children in the school. And I just tell you what, she has such a passion for that, and it just blesses my heart. And every time that I talk to her, I want to know how is that going and what kind of opportunities, you know, a, a believer's church is, is being a light in this community and being able to minister to so many of the children. And I know that the Lord honors that, and he's going to bless this congregation because of that. And so I'm just excited to be here, and I'm going to stop talking so you can preach now. So, All right. All right. Uh, I know that yesterday was a bit of a letdown with the game, right? Uh there is only, I told Clint this yesterday, there's only one other team in the SEC that I can stomach, and it's Georgia. I cheer for Georgia because I like Georgia. They, they're a good team. I like your quarterback. I like the, the coaching staff, and uh, I, I am a Georgia fan. So I felt the letdown yesterday along with you. Uh, I, I know what it is to be let down because I'm an LSU Tigers fan. And uh, we, we do great, and then we lose. And it, it is last night. Uh, we had reason to celebrate because we beat Florida, and I'm going to tell you something. That doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is whether or not we beat Alabama, right? Who in here hates Alabama? Okay, praise God for that. Okay, That's, that, there's unity in the house. Praise God. All right, so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to take a few minutes to get into the Word and to study, and because I'm from South Louisiana, you know that we love Boudreaux and Thibodeau jokes, Okay. And uh, uh, the economy, we had a, a governor's election yesterday. We're electing a new governor. Our economy in Louisiana has not really been all that great for the last couple of years. 
And as a result, uh, the hiring around there has not been all that good. And, and Boudreaux and Thibodeau, they heard that the Dow chemical plant over in Plaquemin was hiring. And so they rushed over there to put in applications, and they submitted their applications. The foreman came out, and he said, hey, guys, he said, listen, we actually only have one job available. And he said, you have to actually take a, a placement test. And I'm going to be honest with you because I'm a man of integrity. Whoever gets the highest score on the test is going to get the job. And so Boudreaux and Thibodeau, they sat down, they sharpened their pencils, they sat down, they started taking this test, and it uh, took about an hour. They turned their papers in, and the foreman took them, and he went over the papers, and he graded them, and he came in, and he said, all right, guys, he said, one of you got the job. He said, but I got to tell you, it's, it's kind of interesting, you both got the same exact score on the test, but Thibodeau, you're going to get the job. When he said that, Boudreaux, he was mad. He's like, I don't understand. He said, you was a man of integrity. You was a man of honor. And you said, whoever gets the highest score, we both got the same score. What in the world's wrong with you? Why you give him the job? He said, well, well Boudreaux, I'm glad you asked. He said, I was scoring the, the tests, and, and I'm going down, and I'm noticing that y'all had the same exact answers. We get to question number 10. And Thibodeau answered, I don't know. And you answered, me neither. So some of y'all going to get that later. <laughs> That's funny right there. I don't care who you are, okay? Well, it wasn't such a joyful moment for Boudreaux. And today what I want to be able to do is I want to take a few minutes to talk to you about joy. Because joy is something that, that is great for all of our lives. How many of you in here could say, I could use some more joy in my life? Raise your hand. Okay. And here's another question for you to kind of follow that up. You think about joy. What does it take for you to lose your joy? Because when we start talking about joy, typically what takes place is you start thinking about all the things that, that bring a smile to your face. Let me tell you about one of the things that brings a smile to my face. They had a, a picture up a few minutes ago. You guys got that picture? Can you put that back up? That's my family right there, and they bring a smile to my face. Uh, I actually noticed when they put that picture up, I'm wearing the same exact jacket today that I'm wearing. I promise you I have more than one jacket, okay? But uh, let me tell you what brings a smile to my face. That's my three sons, my daughter-in-law. And uh, the little baby in there, that's what's changed since the last time we were here. We have our first grandbaby. Her name is Olivia, and uh, she is nine months old. And we just, they actually announced uh, while we, we've been out of town this whole week, and while we were in Florida just a few days ago, her parents announced that they are actually having number two. And uh, so we have a second grandbaby uh, on the way. When we come back, uh, October, two years from now, we'll, we'll show you the picture of what it looks like to have two grandchildren. But I'm going to tell you something. Nothing brings a smile to your face. Kids are awesome, okay? But grandkids are absolutely amazing. All the grandparents say amen, okay? And so that, when you think about joy, could you use more joy in your life? And what does it take for you to actually lose your joy? I had a situation a couple years back that kind of showed me what it's like to have joy or what you think is joy, and it's gone just like that. We, were, we had, had built a new house, and uh, in that house, we, we splurged in one area, and we put in what was called an infinity tub. That infinity tub, it was kind of like a tub inside of a tub. It would fill up in the, on the inner, inner tub, and it would spill over into the outer tub. And that was the one big thing in the house. You know, we both wanted it because we wanted to be able to relax and have like a spa sitting in our bathroom and all that kind of stuff. And uh, one evening I come home and my, my back was hurting. So I decided to go put some Epsom salt 
in the tub and just soaked so that my back would feel better. And, and if you, your, your husband and you're like me, sometimes you like to aggravate your wife a little bit. Any husbands know what I'm talking about? Well, I'm, I'm soaking in the tub and I'm hollering at my wife. She's out in our bedroom. She's typing. She's writing some things. And I'm like, hey, look, come in here and talk to me. And I'm harassing her, giving her a hard time. And, and I started singing while I was in the tub because I'm a singer. Now, she tells me you have a choir voice, which means you sound great as long as other people are drowning you out. But uh, I'm singing. And it's kind of ironic because the song that I was singing was Don't Worry, Be Happy. Y'all know that song? Don't worry, be happy. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I'm singing this song. And my wife, now, mind you, I'm singing it at the top of my lungs. And my wife walks into the bathroom. And when she does, she lets out a blood-curdling scream, which scares me half to death. I'm like, what is wrong? And she said, you flooded the bathroom. Little did I know that this tub, while it's overflowing, it literally is flowing over into the bathroom and flooded the entire bathroom into our closet, through the wall, into our son's bedroom. And can I tell you that I went from, from being happy and joyful to being aggravated just like that. I told her, I said, you know, it's kind of ironic that I was singing, don't worry, be happy, whenever that happened. She didn't see the humor in that. Well, we went from that moment into going and tearing up carpet and and cleaning up water and cleaning up a mess that I had made. And I didn't really feel too joyful in that moment. And it's amazing to me that we can actually move through such a range of emotions as human beings so quickly. We can be happy, we can be joyful, and the next thing you know, we're complaining and we're aggravated. One moment we're on top of the world, the next moment we're in the valley and we're not doing so good. Why is that? What, what happens to those waves of joy that we experience in our life? What happens to those emotions that we have that, that we're feeling so great? And here's what I believe. I believe that actually what takes place is we take joy and we confuse it with happiness. Now you might say, well, well Pastor, they aren't joy and happiness exactly the same thing? And the answer to that is no, they're not. And today what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time camped out in the book of Philippians. We're going to look at the difference between joy and happiness, and we're going to begin to discover that they can actually look very much alike, but if you get them mixed up, you can bring a lot of confusion to your life. And so today, if you have your Bible, take it out, go to the book of Philippians, and we're going to spend some time there looking at what Paul talks about in regards to joy, because how we respond in different situations, different circumstances, means the world. Now, what you may not realize is that the Apostle Paul, whenever he wrote the book of Philippians, and actually we call it a book, it actually is a letter that he wrote to the, the churches in the Philippi region. And as he wrote this particular letter, the central theme of it is joy. And here's the crazy part. This is always just kind of kind of, you know, rock my world because whenever Paul's writing this letter, he is not in a joyful place at all. He's actually under arrest. He's actually not knowing what his future looks like. He's surrounded with Roman guards. He's under constant watch. He doesn't know if his life is going to end at any given moment, but yet he writes this book or this letter on joy. He says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. He says, always. Everybody say, always. I, I love this verse because he's trying to, to help us to understand that this needs to be an integral part of our life. Always be full 
of joy in the Lord. And to emphasize his point, he says, I'll even say it again, rejoice. Now, how often should joy be a part of our life? Always. Everybody say always. It should always be a part of our life. And I love how he, he emphasizes it even again. Make sure you, guys, make sure that joy is a part of your life. I'll say it again. Rejoice in the things that you face in this world. No matter how difficult, no matter how hard, no matter what life looks like, you've got to have an attitude of rejoicing because of who your Savior is. And so today, I want to help you understand the difference between happiness and joy. I want to begin to help you understand these two because both of them are valid for our life. But if you get them mixed up, then what happens is you can begin to pursue happiness in this world instead of letting the joy of God be at work within you and bringing strength to your life. And so today's message is going to be very simple. I, I like to kind of keep things simple. I don't know about y'all, but I just I love simple things. Uh, sometimes at, at our church at Journey back in... Louisiana, we will we'll get into the Greek, we'll get into Hebrew, but for the most part, we like to keep things simple because I think sometimes we have the tendency as believers to overcomplicate the Word of God whenever God has just actually called us to walk in simple faith, to grow in a continual place with Him, moving forward in our walk with Him. And so today's message is actually going to be somewhat simple as we look at three characteristics that define the difference between happiness and joy. So are, are, are you ready to find out what the difference is? Look at your neighbor and say, here we go. All right, first things first. Here is the first difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is external while joy is internal. You might say, well, what exactly does that mean? Well, here's what that looks like. Happiness is an external. It's based on what goes on around us. It's based on our surroundings. It's based on our circumstances. As long as something good happens, I'm happy. But when something that's not so good happens, I'm not what? Happy. And here's the question for all of us in this room today. What is it that makes you happy? Think of that. Okay, Clint, can I come down or do I need to stay up here because I got to stay up here? Ah, okay. All right. I, 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 sometimes I wander while I preach. Okay, I understand. I understand. What's up, live stream? Okay. What, what makes you happy? I, I can tell you this. One, one of the things that makes me happy is Cinnabon. Anybody? Y yeah, praise God. Cinnabon's amazing. I know y'all can look at me and tell we know he likes Cinnabon, okay? But here, let, me, let, me, let me give you a little for example. The other day, we were driving up here from Florida, and we had spent the week in Orlando. We had to go there and speak at a, an event that a friend of mine was having. He's an evangelist. And instead of flying, making the connection, we just decided to drive. It was a four-and-a-half, five-hour drive, so we had a rental vehicle, so we made the drive. And we stopped somewhere between Florida and Georgia to refill the rental car. And we get out of this vehicle, and I go around to, to open the little door to, to put the gas in, and for the life of me, I cannot figure out how to open the little gas door. I, I, I went, uh, opened the door. I searched the inside of the vehicle looking for the release to open the little, the little gas door. Uh, there's no button. 
I go back, I'm, I'm pushing on the door, I'm pulling on the door, could not get it open. And I got to tell you something, in that moment, I wasn't happy. I wasn't. My wife will bear witness. I was actually rather aggravated about it. I'm saying things like this stupid vehicle. And, and we actually had to get out the owner's manual and go through and find how you open the little, little gas hatch door, whatever you want to call it. And here's how you open it. You have to get out, close the door, you push lock twice, and the little door pops open. Like, and this is what I said. How would you know to do that unless you got the owner's manual out? They didn't school me on this whenever I rented the vehicle. And so I'm grumbling. I complained. Did any other husbands in here ever grumbled and complained? Okay. Nobody's brave enough to raise their hand. Everybody's like, okay. That's what I'm talking about in the back. I'm grumbling and I'm complaining. I'm not happy. But then we walked up in that pilot truck stop, and guess what they had up in there? They had one of them little stations where they were baking Cinnabon. And all of a sudden, I went from not being happy to smelling what heaven smells like and I was happy. I literally went up and had a conversation with the Cinnabon girl. What's up? Did you just bake those? Can you tell me about, you know, your life and all these kind of things? Because Cinnabon makes me happy. And here's the thing. How many times is it that we go from being happy to unhappy, from being on top of the world to complaining and bellyaching and griping the next? Because happiness is based on what's happening around us. It's based on our circumstances. It comes and goes. It's one of those things that passes like the night. But here's what I want to help you understand today. Joy is internal, and it is something that is produced on the inside of us through our relationship with Jesus Christ. It is an absolutely amazing thing that will bring strength to us, that will increase the the hope within our life. In fact, the Bible says that joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And I love whenever it talks about this because what it means is that whenever I become a Christian and Jesus Christ takes up residency on the inside of me and the Holy Spirit begins to move and work and operate within my life, He begins to produce the different characteristics of God within me, joy being one of them. In fact, Galatians actually outlines these different types of fruit. It says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, there it is right there. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. The writer, Paul, there is helping us to understand the closer that you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ, the more of these things you are going to begin to see within your life. He writes in Philippians, let's go back to Philippians, because he says this in chapter 1, verse 11. Remember, the central theme of the book of Philippians is joy. And he says this, may you always be filled. Everybody say be filled. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation. In other words, let the things of Christ be evident within your life. Be filled with the fruit of your salvation. The righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. Now let me ask you a question and just think about this. You don't have to answer this out loud. 
But what do you think brings more glory to God? Walking in His joy? Walking in His love? Or having an attitude that grumbles and complains on a continual basis? Which one of those two bring glory to God? And that's why the fruit of the Spirit needs to be something that is very evident within our life as believers. So happiness and joy. Happiness comes and goes. It's based on our circumstances. It's based on our surroundings. It's based on what's going on in our life at any given moment. But check this out. Joy is a part of our life, and it will remain in our life no matter what this world brings against us. You see, Philippians, Paul writes this. Now remember, Paul was in a not such a good place whenever he wrote this, but he said, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Man, that's something as believers that we could get within our life. Amen? No matter what it looks like, no matter what is happening in life, no matter if you can get the gas door open or not, we've got to learn to be content. And Paul had learned the secret. He says, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. And I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. doesn't matter if you're well-fed. It doesn't matter if you're hungry. It doesn't matter if things are going good or not so good. We can find joy in the presence of God as we walk through life with Jesus as the Lord and Savior of our life. His fruit can be very evident within us. So, you see, happiness and joy. Happiness is one of those things that it kind of comes and goes because it's external. It's based on our circumstances. But joy, what God brings into our life, will be there because it's an internal characteristic that God is working on within us on a continual basis. So now you're beginning to maybe understand why it's so important to begin to build our life on Christ and to grow in that life in Christ so that his joy is very evident and real within our lives. Here's the next thing I want to help you understand is that I like this one is that happiness is temporary while joy is something that is very consistent within our lives. You see, the list of what it takes to make us happy is always growing. Think of it like this. We talk about what makes us happy, but think of this. What makes you happy might be that new truck. You see that new model come out, you say, man, that new truck, man, that'd make me so happy if I got that. Or ladies, maybe you see that new outfit in that boutique or or at the mall, and you say, man, that that new outfit, man, that's going to make my life. Everything's going to be great if I can get that new outfit. Or if you're a young person in here, you say, you know, the new iPhone 11 just came out. It has three cameras on it. That would change my life. It would revolutionize my, it would make me happy. What amazes me is what makes us happy today can quickly become a source of complaining not very far down the road. Think about it like this. That new outfit that that you just got that made your world change, that made your life change, the greatest life in the world. You eat a couple donuts or some cake, uh, cupcakes and it doesn't fit so well. And it goes in the back of the closet and you don't ever wear it again because you hate that dress now, right? Or you, you get that new iPhone, it's got three cameras or lenses or whatever. And it's the greatest thing in the world till the iPhone 12 comes out next year. It has an extra camera on it. It has even more high def on it. And then the one that you have now is a piece of garbage and you need the new one. Because when the new model comes out, 
what you have in your possession all of a sudden is not good enough. Proverbs puts it this way. It says in Proverbs 27, 20, death and destruction are never satisfied and neither are human eyes. You know what that verse means? It means that we're human beings, that we constantly have an eye to look around and say, you know what? I want this and I want that and I wish I had more of this and I wish I had more of that. It's our human nature to want more. Everybody say more. But so many times in, in the wanting more within our lives, it leads us to the place of not being very content as we walk through life. And happiness is something that is temporary. We're happy one moment, and then all of a sudden, as I said earlier, something changes, and we're not so happy. What I love about joy that, that God brings to our life is joy is consistent. Joy is not an ever-growing list, but it is an ever-growing contentment in our life. You see, what happens is the closer that I grow in my relationship to God, the more my attitude, my actions, and my contentment are going to line up with His. The more my characteristics are going to become like the characteristics of Christ. And the more our joy grows, our attitude isn't centered on the thought of, will this make me happy or will that make me happy? What takes place is we begin to look at things in life and we say, will this honor God in my life? Is this something that will glorify God in my life? And I want you to understand that the more we learn to grow in joy, the more we're going to experience God's peace and His contentment at work within all of us. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. We go two verses down to verse 6, and he says this, Don't worry about anything. Now, how many in here have ever worried before? I think that if you are a human being, we had those moments where we worry. We worry as parents about our kids. And I thought that our kids, we have three, Tyler, Bryce, and Reese. They're now uh, 20, 21, and 24. And I thought once we got them out of high school, we, we kind of got them taken care of, that, you know, our job as parents are done. We wouldn't worry about them anymore. We're just going to, they're going to kind of go on about their life and do their thing. And guess what? That simply is not true. They, they won't leave. They will not leave. I've got one out of the nest. He's married, but the other two in college are still at home. And, and it's kind of wild because we lay down at nighttime to go to bed, and if they're not home, we can't go to sleep. Or, well, let me back up. My wife can't go to sleep until they're home. You know why? Because it is natural human tendency to worry about things. Paul says here, don't worry about anything. Well, what's the answer? Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Look at this. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, I like what that verse is telling us. It's telling us, hey, when disturbing things happen in this world, when there's things that come up that want to stir your heart up and get you to the place of being worried and anxious, we can learn to give those things over to God. We can learn to, to honor God by thinking about all the things that He has brought us through, all the things that have happened in this world, and He has carried us through. 
And as we remember those things and give those things over to God, then we can walk in His peace. Then our heart and our life is not filled with anxiety and stress, but we can experience what God's joy and His peace really looks like in our life. So you look at happiness, you look at joy, you begin to understand that, hey, wait a minute, happiness is a very real thing. I want to be happy, but I really want God's joy in my life and in my heart. I really want God's joy to be something that is a fruit on the inside of me through the Holy Spirit that is growing because His joy brings, brings peace to my heart, to my life. So, Pastor Jay, how do I get this joy that we're talking about? How do I get to where that is growing in my life, to where I'm not building my life on happiness, but I'm letting my life be built on the joy, the strength, the character of God? Well, here's where we wrap this up, and it's when you begin to understand that happiness in this world is sight-based, while joy is faith-based. You see, happiness is based on what I can see in front of me. But here's what I'm going to tell you. What we can see in front of us doesn't always tell us the truth. What we can see in front of us isn't always what it cra- is, is cracked up to be. I remember some years back, whenever Stacy had, uh, we, we, I had a birthday that was coming up. And, and one of my love languages is gifts. I love whenever my wife, she gives me gifts and stuff like that. And I had a shirt. I, I love to wear Under Armour shirts, you know, little sports shirts. I go to the office every day. I'm pr- pretty much almost every day wearing a sports shirt because we're pretty casual in our office. And I had a, a, a navy blue Under Armour shirt, and I'm the typical guy. Whenever I buy a shirt and I like it, I wear it a lot, and I wear it literally till it falls apart. You know, it's, it's kind of what guys do. And I had this navy blue Under Armour shirt. I had it literally for years. And we went, one time we went down to the river, we were down there hanging out fishing, and and I had that shirt on, I built a little campfire so that we could cook some hot dogs, and while I was building that fire, some sparks came up, and they landed on the front of that Under Armour shirt, and and it's that microfiber, so you know what it did? It melted. Burned holes all in the front of my shirt. I was devastated, y'all. I was like, this is terrible that, that I've lost my favorite shirt. And my wife, in the love that she has in her heart. When my birthday rolled around, I'm looking for this, this great present. She gives me this envelope. She gave me that envelope. I'm like, great. You know, I know you love me as your husband. You gave me an envelope for my birthday. She's like, just, just open it up. Stop grumbling. Just open it up. Now, if I'd have looked at it on the outside, not so happy But what's in front of you sometimes doesn't tell you the truth. Am I right? Now open that up, and on the inside of it, she had printed out this coupon. She looked, that shirt that I I love so much, they had discontinued it. And she got on Amazon. She got on underarmor.com. She went on the Internet looking, looking, looking for this shirt. And she finally found that shirt, and she ordered it, and it was due to be shipped like into uh, at our house like over the next couple of days. And I, I got to tell you what, went from being so excited about an envelope, you know, not so excited about an envelope to opening it up and saying, you know what, you are the greatest wife in the world. 
What's in front of you doesn't always tell you the truth. And there's an amazing story in the Bible that probably most everybody in this room knows. That what was in front of this couple, what God was telling them, it it didn't look all that. But whenever we put our faith and our trust in God, He can do some amazing things within our life. The story is the story of of Abraham and Sarah and how God told them that they were going to have a son. They were elderly. They were at the age. They were past the age of having kids. And based on sight, Abraham and Sarah, there was no way that they could have kids. What was in front of them was saying, there's no way that you're ever going to have kids. But whenever God is in the middle of something, amazing things can happen. Amen? And Paul writes about this in Romans chapter 4. He said, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And look at this. Abraham's faith did not weaken Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, look at this, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. What an awesome verse of Scripture that is. Maybe today, you're facing something in your life. Things don't look so good. Maybe you look at what is in front of you and you say, you know what, this is not something to be joyful about. This is not something that looks like it's going to turn out all that great. But I'm here to tell you today that if you will put your faith in God, if you will trust in Him and the truth of His Word, you will have His joy at work within your life. And no matter what your circumstances, no matter what your surroundings are saying to you, No matter what it looks like in front of you, God's joy can be at work inside of you bringing strength and hope to your life. God's joy will be there to hold you up and hold you strong through whatever it is that you are facing. Because as believers, what God promises us is based on the cross of Jesus Christ. And no matter what this world brings against us, we can have His joy and His strength inside of us. Amen? I know this firsthand because... Clint and I, we connected in Arkansas, but sometime after that, we reconnected whenever we went through probably, probably the most difficult thing my wife and I had ever faced in our entire life. Your pastor and I, we had, we had stayed friends. We would connect from time to time. But when, in 2016, whenever our area faced historic flooding, Your pastor was the first one who reached out to us. There were a lot of people who reached out. But your pastor was the very first one who reached out to us. We went through this time where we just built this new house. Our our, our church, we were in the process of building a new facility. A lot of exciting things happening. And all of a sudden, it started to rain and rain and rain, rain some more. Our area that we live in got the most rain out of the entire bit. It rained 32 inches, I believe, in 24 hours. It was unbelievable. They say that about 146,000 structures throughout the area that flooded in Louisiana and Lafayette, that whole area, flooded. People displaced. They said, here's a good statistic for you, 7.1 trillion gallons of water fell. 
It was enough water to fill Lake Pontchartrain four times. Thirteen people died. We, we got three feet of water in our house, all the church, all the facilities, 70% of our congregation flooded. It was crazy, y'all. And right in the middle of all of this, we, we're trying to recover, trying to get back to things being somewhat normal, and everything is destroyed. It's a disaster site. And the Lord speaks to my heart and says, I want you to do a series on joy. And I'm like, I'm like come again, Lord? Like, I, I don't think I heard you the first time. It's like, I want, you to, I want you to preach a series on joy. And I'm like, do you, do you see what's going on in our community, Lord? Have you missed that? Once again, I want you to do a series on joy. Now, I remember whenever I told my wife, I said, you know what? I know we had this one series planned, but I really feel like the Lord's wanting me to do a series on joy. And she was like, are you serious? I said, well, I, I just really feel like the, that the, that's what the people need right now. And so we launched off into about a four to five week series on joy and really began to discover that no matter what the world looks like, no matter what's happening in our life, no matter how difficult life might be, his joy is something that can be consistent within us. His joy is something that will hold us in place no matter what this world brings against us. And it's based on the cross of Jesus Christ. It's based on our relationship with Him that we grow stronger in this world even whenever things are difficult. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes for the next few moments. And every person in this room is only one moment away from your happiness being stolen away. But when your life is built on joy, no matter what this world brings against you, because your life is built on faith, you can stand strong because of your relationship with Christ. First and foremost, there might be some of you in this room right now that you have never let Jesus Christ become the Lord and Savior of your life. And the greatest thing that you will ever experience is surrendering to Christ and letting Him become Lord and Savior and Master of your life. Receiving what Jesus did for you at the cross and letting your sin be forgiven. That is the most joyful thing you'll ever experience in your life. Maybe as you sit here today, you have never taken that step. And man, I would love to pray with you to help you take that step into that relationship with Christ. There might be others of you in this room that maybe you had a relationship with Jesus. But over the course of time, your heart has maybe kind of wandered away from God. And today as you sit here, you recognize your need to get your heart right with God all over again. To renew your commitment to Christ. Well, if that's you, I'd love to pray with you as well. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Nobody peeking, nobody looking around. Not going to embarrass you at all, but if you would say, Pastor Jay, it's time for me to surrender my life to Jesus for the very first time. Or to renew my commitment to Christ. Pastor Jay, I want to be a part of that prayer that you're about to pray. Hey, I want to know who I'm going to pray for. So today, if you would say, that's me. I want to be a part of that prayer. Then wherever you are in this room, do me a favor. Raise your hand. Let me see it. Is there anybody here? I see you right here. Right here. Right here. I see you right back over here. And right where you are, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just talk to the Lord. I want you to pray right there 
to yourself. And I want you to pray something like this, Jesus, thank you for the love that you have for me. That you would choose to go to the cross and give your life for me. You paid the price for my sin, my shame, my guilt. And today by faith, Jesus, I receive what you did for me. And today I admit to you that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I ask for your forgiveness. That through your precious blood today, you would make me brand new. I surrender to you. I give give you my life. And Jesus, I ask you to come and live in my heart. Today I ask you to be my Savior. And today I embrace you as the Lord and Master of my life. And Jesus, I thank you today for letting me step into your family. In Jesus' name. Every eye still closed, every head still bowed. How many of you in this room would say, Pastor Jay, today I hear the difference between happiness and joy. And I want the joy of the Lord, His fruit through the Holy Spirit to grow in my life. I want my faith in Jesus to grow and I want his joy and his strength to be very evident within my life to other people around me wherever I am if you say yes to that raise your hand let me see it here's what I want you to do stand to your feet I want to pray over you today everybody who raised your hand I want you to stand to your feet right now pretty much everybody in this room I want you to take your hands and just hold them out like this, like you're, you're receiving something. I just want to pray over you. Father, I thank you for every person today who has the courage and boldness to say, Lord, I want more of you in my life. I want your joy, your peace, your strength at work within me. And Holy Spirit, I pray that today you will do what you do so well, touching hearts and lives, ministering to all of us, growing us, convicting us, shaping us, And Father, today I pray over all these dear ones, Father. And I thank you for beginning to deposit your joy, your love, your peace, your strength, your hope in an even greater way within their lives. When the difficult days come, when the hard things life brings against us come, I thank you that your joy, Lord, will hold us in place. Your joy will be a strength within us no matter what this world brings against us. We thank you for this. We praise you for this. In Jesus' name.